Hello, everybody, and welcome to Blackhawks on Tap. I'm Tony Marchese. I'm joined by Ron Luce. We're not in great moods. Um, no. It's it was it was almost a pain to say the word Blackhawks right now because they are just they feel so dead to me after what happened today. Um, Ron, it's time to crack a beer. Let's do it. Crack them. Yeah, we we need that one, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I don't know about you, Tone, but my my tongue gets a weird feeling right now. You just kind of mentioned it's weird saying "black" in bear. Oh, see, it started to come out there. Uh, I think the uh, word "black" in imbe- Blackhawks and embarrassing are synonymous right now. Yeah, because this game was bad, game, very, very bad. This game was really bad, and it started out bad. Um, three goals in the first period for Nashville, and Ron, the Predators. I hate the Predators. Like first, like first, let's just get the whole Nashville thing out of the way. The the Nashville Predators right now, to me, are the the Blackhawks' biggest rival. Just yes. it's not the Blues, it's not the Red nope. Wings. No, nope. it's it's Trashville. Mm-hmm. It's the the way the fans treat our fans. It's the way uh, the the yellow mustard nasty looking jerseys they have. It's just Nashville as a whole, like it's like fake Las Vegas with country music, and ugh, it's just disgusting. I hate it, everything about it. But if we get into the hockey sense, they've had this like little pesky brother type attitude towards the Blackhawks, where they're just constantly like trying to pick on you. And through our cup years, we were always able to just like you know push him to the ground well now mm-hmm. they're now they've matured a little bit right and they they go on their runs themselves they haven't won anything they'll tell you that they have mom and dad likes them better because they get a banner all the time for every little fucking thing they do <laughs> you know and it's like you went through school and like actually like you know achieve 4.0 gpas three years and you know you, your little fucking brother like gets a d on his test but you know Hey, he didn't get caught smoking cigarettes this week, so mom and dad are handing him the accolades. That that's the Nashville Predators. They're these just annoying fucks that you just want to like shove into a locker. That's the Nashville Predators. It's your little brother. So yeah. now, now all of a sudden, like they they start to do some good stuff, but then all of a sudden, like the wheels just completely fall off. Like he's back in rehab. You know, he was great for a while. Now he's back in rehab, and you should be beating them again. But you're you're worse now. Like what the fuck is this? I don't understand it, Ron. And games like this go down three nothing in the first period to the Nashville Predators. Even that right there, you should have been able to come back, and yeah. they started to, and yet couldn't finish the deal. That's the the story of the game. But we'll get into the breakdown here. I'm sure you have words that you want to say too. Yeah, I think just from the start, uh, and, and this kind of will help uh, be a good segue, I think, into the into the, the recap of this game. You know, that first goal, I'm just appalled because, you know, they're, they're, they're doing fine, they're doing fine, they're doing fine, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, Boakfist follows a guy to the point. He comes back to try to defend. Roman Yossi walks down the left wing wall. Well, Roman Yossi walks to the middle of the ice, and for whatever reason, nobody can get a stick on the puck. Just it, it's like it's like Roman Yossi was a cheat code. 
because then all of a sudden he walks, he walks, he walks. He's still open. Gets somehow gets Crow out of position. Just I mean, it was a nice move. Don't get me wrong, but and then just boop goal. And it's just like you got to be fucking kidding. Like we're starting this already. And then of course Blackwell gets his first career goal. Like you know, and just more garbage nastiness with making it to nothing. You know, and then like that Duchenne play, that puck should get out of the zone, plain and simple. And they are fortunate enough that it literally hugs the line. Ekholm keeps it in, flips it down to Duchesne, who literally has nobody to beat but Crawford because he's still cherry-picking back at the frickin' end line after he's done picking his ass. And then it's 3 nothing, And that's just period one. And, you know, you, you said it best. You know, the, the Hawks started to come back and – you know, and then they, of course, really didn't. And if, for whatever reason, this team seems to play better when their back's against the wall. Your back is against the wall. You're not in the playoffs. You're not even close. This is another loss to a team that was ahead of you in the standings to get to that playoff picture. You know, they were already down seven points out of, you know, the first wild card spot after the loss to Calgary on Tuesday. You know, this just is going to make it worse now. And, you know, we're going to get to it here in a little bit. But you got the Ducks coming into town who really – are your peer in terms of record at this point. You know, they're not very far off what the Blackhawks are right now in terms of record. So, you know, we you know, we've we've talked about it at the turn of the year. I know you and Johnny have talked about it. You and I have talked about it. Johnny and I have talked about it. Hell, we've all talked about it. You know, these are the games you gotta win. You know, I, I before we even jumped on, you and I were talking about it and I said, you know, it's funny how well, I'm sitting there in the, the second period and, you know, Pat Foley's talking about team save percentage and the, how the Nashville Predators are second worst in the NHL in goalie save percentage at 888. And yet the Hawks can only squeak by two goals. And the Hawks with, with, with Patrick Kane. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Taves. Yeah, with good players. And yeah, sure. Do the Hawks have injuries? Yeah. But like, this team has been playing okay with those injuries. You know, it's it's actually impressive that they've been playing okay with these injuries because they have a lot of critical injuries. Shaw's hurt. Kajula just got back tonight, which, honestly, he didn't look too terrible. It was kind of refreshing. You know, but, like, you know, just uh, Dahan is hurt. Seabrook is hurt. You know, Saad is hurt. So many key players are hurt, and yet somehow they still have put together okay games. But for whatever forsaken reason, when those nasty fucking uniforms come into town from that terrible fucking city that we like to call Trashville, these douche magoos in yellow just light us up for whatever, whatever reason. The Hawks just fold to them. Like you said, the whole little brother thing. It's like it's like little bro hit puberty in a growth spurt and he's like 6'5 and 300 pounds now and we're just sitting here at like 5'10 like a normal human being. And he's just like face mushing you for no reason because he mm-hmm. just wants to be an asshole. Like this is what it feels like, and it's stupid. And anyway, we're pissed it sucks. Off, it sucks. It sucks. That's what it does, Ron. It it it, it sucks. Yeah. And you know, I'm just I'm looking up and down this this lineup tonight, and you talk about how we've played okay through this. You know, and it's like what are you what are you getting out of Highmore at this point in time with his seven minutes and fifty nine seconds on the ice? Mm-hmm. What are you? What are you getting out of Quenville in nine minutes and twenty four seconds? You know, like why are these guys here? Like they, immediately when you swap those guys out with Brandon Saad and Andrew Shaw, you're you're talking about a completely different team. Mm-hmm. But Ron, 
if I swap those two guys out, do you really feel like this game would have been any different? Because I don't. I really don't feel like this game would have been different. The only difference maybe in it would have been Brandon Saad doing something or, or Andrew Shaw maybe mixing it up a little bit. But I just feel like this team as a whole, we've been talking about this game, this game right here, this exact game. We've been talking about this game for like four fucking years now. This game where the Hawks play with urgency when they're down by two with 15 minutes left in the third period until they inevitably give up an empty net goal. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even gotten to the point where Pecorine scored on us tonight. Like, we've been talking about this game so often. And it's so annoying and it's so repetitive. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it doesn't come in just this flavor. It comes in the, the, the we took 50 shots tonight and only put in one goal flavor. Uh, it, it, it comes in the, you know, we pull the goalie, we, we actually score a goal, and then we give up a goal right in overtime or something like that, like mm-hmm. or losing the shootout. Like, th- closing games has not been a Blackhawks thing since 2015. I said four years. It's, it's going on five. Yep. This is incredibly frustrating hockey to watch. And what's more frustrating, and I've said this, a few times on Four Feathers. I don't know if I've gotten this animated about it on a Blackhawks on tap yet, but we're not on a Four Feathers right now, and God damn it, I need to say it. The fact that this organization continuously comes out and says, well, we think we're still a playoff caliber team, is a joke. There's This is not a playoff caliber team. This is a basement dweller right now in the NHL. 500 teams are basement-dwelling teams in the NHL. It just, that is what it is. And guess what? We're falling below 500. This could be a losing season again here, Ron. Mm-hmm. And going into this year, I think I was excited. I think you were excited. I think mm-hmm. Kamiski was excited. I know Johnny was pretty excited. We looked at this roster and we said, wow, Stan did some stuff. Well, how much longer is the leash? Because I don't know. It just seems like every single time we get on this, something needs to change. They'll rattle off two or three victories and everything's all hunky-dory again for two weeks until we go through this again. It's almost more exhausting this way. Like, can we just pick a lane for some, like, just pick a lane. Are you going to suck or are you going to, like, actually try for more than three games? Pick a lane Mm -hmm. so we can decide what it is that we need to do here. I don't know. It's 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 frustrating. And, and this year, overall, Ron, we've taken so many hits as Hawks fans. And and, and a major one is Brent Seabrook. Like, is he ever mm-hmm. going to play again? Who knows? Was he actually all that great right now? Nah. But at least he was like memories of good times past. Like all that stuff's going down the drain now too. So it it's it's a really tough spot to be in. I don't know. I'm just incredibly frustrated. Nashville Predators losses drive me up the wall, like, alone. And this one right here in this situation, especially, like, a week ago, talking about how this is supposed to be, like, here's your ramp, here's your on-ramp to the to take your flight up the standings. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this isn't St. Louis Blues 2.0 from last year. This is – I don't see anything changing. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and you know, there's there's been some of that, like, false hope some places on social media. Of like, well, the Blues did it. Yeah, well, the Blues were a 
cup contending roster. They just needed a new voice in that room, and everybody knew it. Mike Yo wasn't the answer at head coach. So has that, Mike Yo ever been the answer? Like no, that's but exactly that he he has never been the answer. Like so, if you're playing Jeopardy, like and you see Mike Yo pop up on the board, you, the the question is like, what that's is the not wrong the answer? answer? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> what. Well, uh, <laughs> Alex, what is the wrong answer? Mm-hmm. Uh, is Mike Gale is, but yeah. seriously, I mean it's you know so th- like you said that's not the case, but yeah I agree. I you know St. Louis is uh, a great geographic rival, but that has lost a lot of its luster I think since David Back has left, and you know they've been very good, and the Hawks have been meh, you know, but just. Yeah, the Nashville rivalry is truly, I think, the biggest rivalry that the, Haw- the Hawks have right now. And so I agree with you. These losses drive me up a wall, especially when douche Magoo Pecorine, who claims he ever had the easiest shutout of his life to the press just earlier this season, scores an empty fucking net goal. And Nick Benino also scores an empty net goal, which, you know what? Here's why I'm okay with Nick Benino scoring because that was his 14th goal of the season. At least the dude's goal scorer. No, <laughs> oh no, you know when most people are like, oh, we let in two empty netters and and you know that was tough and they but they were good goal scorers and the Hawks are just like here, hold my beer. You know we're gonna let Pecorine score. And the fact that this is gonna just like when when they show Pecorine highlights, you know like. Forever this till is the end of forever till the end of time. This is going to be on there, and it goes right across the Indian head. Like the the just the symbolism here drives me up the wall. Like that that can't happen. That can't happen. Like was it? I don't know, Ron. How you feel on it? But you just gave up the empty net goal. There's like 36 seconds left. You're pulling the goalie again. Like what are we? What are we trying to accomplish at this point? We're down two already. Like, what 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 do you think is going to happen here? I, I understand, like, maybe let's go get one back real quick, 17 seconds magic stuff, but you're down four to two at this point with 30 seconds left. Yeah. Your chances of coming back in this game, I mean, fans are filtering out of the stadium as it is. With 30 seconds left, you just gave up an empty netter. The Pecorino. And then, no, this is this, the Benino. Oh, you're talking the Benino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, it, it, it's 4-2 to two at this point in time. Right. 30 seconds no. left, and you throw Patrick Kane back out there, and you think, okay, let's pull the goalie again. What, like, you've got to go get two, basically mm-hmm. with an empty net. Like, it, it's over. Throw fucking camp out there, and your third line and fourth line guys and just skate it off. You've lost already. You're down two, 30 seconds. I appreciate yep. I appreciate the the extra effort here, but the extra effort, it's like, you know. The extra effort the extra, just yeah. added more insult to injury. Yeah, the, the extra effort was just, you know, here, bend over. That that was the extra effort. It was, it was bend over, Hawks fans. Watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hawks said, hold my beer. I mean, it, it's... It's so painful because it, it it's just so painful. It's it's yeah. it's so painful to watch this night in and night out. And even the wins to this point in time, Ron, and I don't know how you feel about it, even the wins are just little teases. 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. No, absolutely. Pick and, and 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 that's the problem, you know. And I think you said it best: is that you know this this front office early in the season sells it being a playoff team. And you know what? On paper, you could have made an argument at full health that this could have been a playoff team, you know. But injuries are just like wheels falling off a freaking eighteen wheeler, and just poof, 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 and tires popping everywhere, and guys going down and getting hurt, you know. And then the don't team go just, get. Well, here's the other thing. Don't go give Stan Bowman the benefit of the doubt on this because I could oh, no. already I could already see it, you know, when they're cleaning the lockers out. Oh, I'm I'm not giving them any benefit of the doubt. Um, I could see it. They're cleaning the lockers out, and you know, they're asking well, what went wrong, and it's well, John McDonough is going to say, I think we had a, you know the injuries. right people, and then it's going to go to Stan, and Stan's well, going to say, Yeah, we got we got you know bit by the injury bug this year, and then you know college will sure. smirk. But I, I think here's the thing, though, is it's not even giving in. I'm not giving Stan any benefit of the doubt. I, you can, I, I can go find tweets from like 2012. I've been calling for Stan's head since well before this year. But the you mentioned the direction, you know, and, and that piece of it. And honest to God, you know, it, it, we're you Hawks fans are sitting here frustrated because it's like this team is just this middle of the pack, meh. You know, to then closer to bottom feeder garbage team in the NHL every year. And it's like, you know, teams don't become really good getting seventh and eighth overall picks every year. Teams become real good getting top threes. And Kirby Doc, I think, is going to be a legit player. Speaking of Kirby Doc, really happy to see him play over 19 minutes tonight. Yes. Good. Take the training wheels off. If you're going to suck, at least let him play and develop. What I don't like is Adam Boakfast playing only 17 minutes and 41 seconds with three minutes of that being on the power play. And, you know, Eric Gustafson, I don't play defense and turn the puck over at least once every game like it's my job, playing over 20 minutes. But regressing from that for just a second, you know, at least Kirby Doc, they seem to let the training wheels come off a little bit tonight. Nice to see, because at least if you're going to suck – Maybe you can get another guy that's an impact player who couldn't be like another Kirby Doc in the future. Maybe they suck enough to get a top three or four draft pick. And you get an elite talent who can come in and do something. Even if he is a defenseman, it takes a couple of years to develop. But you know what? I think Ian Mitchell's going to be a stud. I really do. He was playing with men in the Spangler Cup and holding his own and looked really good. You never know. He might be. I honestly think. Of him, Boakvist, and and Bowden, of the the three that are left, obviously Yoki Haru being in Buffalo now, is I think he's going to be the best one of the three, just from a career standpoint. I really do. So, you know, maybe you do get another impact forward. You know, maybe they luck into the first overall pick somehow and they take Lafreniere, that stud from Ramuski. You never know. But it's going to take a rebuild. Oh, I know I said the R word that people don't like to hear. Rebuild. Stan, this tool on the fly shit doesn't work anymore. You've been doing it for the last four years, five years now, of just trying to piecemeal this team together. Did he do a good job of, of bringing in some pieces that were, you know, kind of the uh, fill-in-the-hole type pieces for the cup runs? Sure, he got guys like Shaw and Saad. But then when the time came, when you knew inevitably this team was starting to go on the down low, they try to just do this tink and dink and toss bullshit and think they're going to just magically create a cup team every year. And it's not going to work. 
you got to rebuild the core. I think you got good pieces for the core. I think Debrinkit is a part of the core. I think Strom is. I think Doc will be going forward. You know, I think as long as Patrick Kane is breathing, he's a part of the core. You know, and I think Jonathan Taves will be a part of that core too. I wouldn't be surprised if after these ten and a half million dollar contracts for these two guys expire, that they both still re-sign with the Hawks. I would not be at all surprised by that if they wanted to ride their careers out in Chicago. You know, but. Sitting here, you know, and this is not at all a shot at Ryan Carpenter. I love Ryan Carpenter. I think he is a perfect fourth line player. But when out of necessity, you got to play him as a third line player and he's got to be a scoring role. That's not his game. He can score when he needs to. But the way they're playing him right now, you expect him to be they expect him to be a 12 to 15 goal scorer. That's not his game. That's not at all his game. And then it affects guys like Patrick Kane that have to play with him and fucking babysit Nylander all night because you decide to scratch Sakura, who's actually had a few good games finally. It's just I'm I'm really – obviously I know we're both super pissed off. But this team just needs to find a direction. I agree with that. If you're going to suck, at least let me know we're going to suck so I know what to expect. Like you said, don't you know – don't tease me with this bullshit for these three games that you win in a row and just give me any little glaring sense of hope and then just rip the rug out from underneath me again when you start to suck and play games like you did against Nashville tonight. You know, and, you know, we haven't even mentioned the two goals that the Hawks scored. You know, I like seeing Kubelik get on the board. That was great to see. I think he's been excellent this year. I think he was by far their best forward in this game, and it's not even close. You know, Taves getting two points tonight on assists was nice to see. Kaner gets another point. Keith gets an assist. Debrinkit finally gets a goal on the power play. Those are good things. But when you're down three to nothing going into the second period and you come back and make it three to two because you want to make it interesting, it doesn't. It doesn't fucking matter. No, they were never in this game to begin. Yeah, I mean, it's it's false hope, left and right with this team right now. I think that's just what bothers me the most is that. We went through such an era of the Hawks being the gold standard, Ron. And then now, I mean, the fall was pretty quick. But there's also been gradual steps down that have come amongst that. And yet, like, there's still there's still hope on this roster. There's still Kirby Doc. There's still Patrick Kane. Alex DeBrinkett is basically a star in the NHL when you really step back and look at things. I know he's got he's had a few less goals off the pace that he was on for last year, but the break it has star stuff. He's a goal scorer. Kubelik looks like he's going to actually be a solid NHL player. Mm-hmm. You know, like Adam Boquist could be really, really freaking good. One of the best offensive defensemen young prospects in the league. Mm-hmm. There's hope on this roster. Mm-hmm. But then there's Highmore, Camp, Quenville, Carpenter, Smith. Nylander. Nylander. Slater Cuckoo. Slater Cuckoo. I didn't even get to the defense yet. Thanks. Eric Gustafson. I, actually, I, I, I put Gustafson into a different bucket because I think... If you've got a guy like Gustafson on your roster and you're a Stanley Cup contending team, you are so dangerous. So he's mm-hmm. a role player. Eric mm-hmm. Gustafson, role player. Luxury that the Hawks really can't afford to have because when you're playing him 20-plus minutes a night, it doesn't work. 
he's Agreed. a thirteen minute he he's a thirteen minute guy. And on plays a third power pair play. and plays power mm-hmm. play. That's that's mm-hmm. that's what his role is. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't do that mm. here. You can't do that here because no. you've got like no like it's a hodgepodge of defense. Mm-hmm. You got cuckoo for cocoa puffs. You got <laughs> young Adam Boquist who should be just like kind of shielded up. at this point in time. Connor Murphy's like a stay-at-home guy. Duncan Keith is, I don't know, at this point, like probably like half metal, you know, mm-hmm. like from all the surgeries and replacements. And I don't even know how he's still kicking. Um, I honestly, Ron, I've seen Ali Mata on the ice like three times all year. Yeah, I'm I'm annoyed defensively because I think, you know, if you're going to do the same thing that you're doing with Doc, I'm fine that happening with Boakvist. And if you want to, you know, maybe you play Boakvist with a guy like Murphy, and then that way he can be a little more free-reigning and do his thing. You know, but here's my thing is, like, why is Slater Cuckoo coming in and playing 17 minutes? Dennis Gilbert played fine. And Dennis Gilbert has shown he can play almost 20 minutes in a Well, game. according to Jeremy Colleton, Gilbert's on the downturn, and that normally happens with young players. Yeah. Guess what? It's called ups and downs. Shit happens, JC. You should know that because you were a freaking player yourself at one point in time. But, yeah, I the biggest thing, honestly, that pisses me off about this defense is when you have all these injuries to guys like DeHaan and Seabrook, why is Olimata not playing more than 18 minutes a night? You're paying the guy $4 million a year. Play him. You know, everybody's like, well, you know, he was slower than shit in Pittsburgh and blah, blah, blah. He's still better than like three quarters of the fucking defense that we have right now. Play him. Yeah. Play him. I I go back to the fact, like, Ron, like, I've seen him like three times. I don't even know if I've talked about him on this show. You know what? In my opinion, that's pretty damn good because I'm not talking about him turning the puck over in his own end. You know, like. Mm Mm-hmm. He's made his mistakes. Everybody on this, everybody has. Sure. But I, I don't think that there's been many games, and I'm, I'm trying to like go back here. I don't think there's many games he's lost the Blackhawks. He may not have won it, won him many games, but he hasn't lost many. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, but, okay. But we, like, how how much time how much time have we spent on Eric Gustafson or Slater Cuckoo? Just gonna say that, hey, yo! How often every single game it's like we every, talk about yeah, Augustus and turnover that results it's in every a game. It's, it's yep. every single game we're talking mm-hmm. about these guys, mm-hmm. and like Ali Mata, like and Connor Murphy, he's another one too. Like yeah. when he's when he's on the ice, we're not we're not talking about the jobs that they're doing, and that to me that's good. Like, could you imagine if like Connor Murphy and Ali Mata were like your third pair? Oh, my just God. for like just for a second, just think about that. Like, if if you if you had a really solid defense that's a luxury Connor Murphy Ali Mata are like third pair guys on probably a Stanley Cup winning team and, and a guy like Gustafson's probably like you know your, your seventh defender or whatever but that's neither here nor there but like you go back to some of our cup run days and, and like slot Connor Murphy and Ali Mata in and they're probably your fifth six maybe one of them slots up into the fourth pair or in the, in, in the would- fourth role I would say Murphy could be a four on a really, 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 really good team. I would argue maybe even a three. Yeah, I mean he's he's pretty solid. Three block shots tonight. I mean he's 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 almost developed into his own over the years because I think a lot of people forget that 
you know, he played so much hockey when he was in Arizona because he came up at such a young age um, that he was like 24 when he came to the Hawks in that trade for Jalmerson. You know, he was really, really young. He still is young. I think he's 27. And, you know, he's starting to kind of develop into his quote-unquote prime, that like 28 to 32 range. You know, he's been a really nice defenseman. I really do think on a, even on a cup contending th- a team, I think he's a, a, a second-pairing defenseman. Um, I think Olimata, I mean, Olimata was a second-pairing defenseman on two cup teams. <laughs> but, you know, I think in a perfect world, if you have a deep defense, he's a third-pairing guy. He's your, like, five. You know, yeah, could yeah. slot in a four if you have an injury, but he's your five. You know, but if that even if that's the case, too. So, like, these guys are that good, and we don't talk about them turning the puck over and doing stupid shit. Play these guys more. You know, play Bulkfist more. Don't be playing garbage bins, you know, like Gustafson and Cooper. There's a very good chance that in, I don't even know how many days from now, let's just call it 150 days from now, that Eric Gustafson and Slater Cuckoo aren't even in this organization anymore. Why is Gustafson playing 20 minutes a night? You know, let Bokefist play. You're saying he's the future. They finally, finally, finally did it with Doc tonight where you saw him play 19 minutes. Let the kid play. Take the training wheels off. If you're not comfortable with him playing with a guy like Gustafson or Cuckoo, then play him with a Murphy. You know, play Olimata and Duncan Keith together. You know? And then you play garbage bin and garbage bin together, but let them play 16 minutes. Like, at, at least then you would put up at least, I'd hope, a little more of a fight. And, yeah, did Boakfast look bad at times tonight? Sure. But like you said earlier, it's weird with young players, Tony. They go through growing pains. Yeah. And if you're going to truly be good in the future, you're going to go through growing pains because that's what a rebuild is. I just had this conversation at work today as I was walking out and talking to a fellow Hawks fan. Just had this conversation at work. This year is already in the shitter. Yep. Let Kirby Doc play 19, 20 minutes a night. Let him play up on the top lines with a guy like Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. What, what is he going to learn from more, Ron? Is Kirby Doc going to learn playing on uh, Nylander's line? Nope. Is he going to learn playing with Kampf? Probably gonna, not. Is he going to learn playing with Highmore? Not if, you want, not, not if you, you want him to be a legitimate top six forward like they drafted him to be. If you exactly. want him to be a checking line forward, which would be a waste of a third overall pick, then go for it. Play him. Put him up there in the top six. I don't care mm-hmm. where. Put him on a put him on a wing on the first line. I don't give a shit. Put him up mm-hmm. somewhere with Taves, Kane, Strom, Debrinkit, those guys. That's who he should be playing with. Somewhere. Fit him in. Brandon Saad is another one. Fit those guys together. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see a line with Doc and Saad on it. Oh. I, w- I would I would love to see that. Mm. I mean, uh, you, you kind of want Kirby Doc to be a center, but if you're going to play him on the wing, imagine Saad, Taves, Doc. would love that line. I, I think I mean, we I, talked about that line before, too, as like a yeah, – because there was a little bit of a point in time, and I, I, I'm not – gonna derail you i i want you to keep going on this rant because it's fantastic but there was a point in time where last couple of games before the strom injuries dylan strom was playing more of a wing but for the first probably five or six games coming out of christmas that well no we've only played like say four games since then but like the first two games coming out of christmas and maybe the one right before christmas that second line was kirby doc on a wing 
with Strom centering yeah. him and Debrinkin. And that's okay if you do that for a couple games. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that because of the amount of responsibility a centerman has, it's okay to only play him there every couple games. And then you let him go play on a wing for a night and just say, hey, cut loose and go for it. Because right. he plays really good defense still, even as a winger. He plays really good offense still, really as still as a winger. You know, let him just get involved offensively like that, where he doesn't have that pressure of being a centerman every single night in and night out. You know, but give him those nights where he's a centerman. Tonight he was playing center. There was no doubt about it. He was a centerman, but he plays 19 minutes. That's good for his growth. Sure, they lost. Sure, it sucks. But we're looking at this thing five years from now. That's going to benefit Kirby Doc more than him playing in a sheltered 13 minute role. See, so I, you know, I th- I think the the reason you probably don't see him on the line with Jonathan Taze is just look at the faceoff percentages of tonight, and you know Kirby Doc is is pretty pretty well versed at taking some faceoffs. You know, sixty percent. Taves was the only other one that beat him at uh, sixty two. Um, the Hawks overall were actually pretty decent at the dot tonight. Um, not not too team. bad. Yeah, fifty six percent as a team. That, that's pretty good, but. I think they want him taking those draws. And when you have Taves and Doc on the same line, you're kind of shorten, shortening that order of guys who can go out there and take faceoffs on some of these other lines. And that's why you see him down on the third line because Strom is so ingrained as that second-line center. I, I, have him take the faceoff and come off the ice and then skate the rest of the game with the line on, on a wing. I, I don't know what you have to do here, but if that's it, do it. I, I don't. I don't care. I mean, there's been other ways to get around some of that stuff. Or if you want him to take draws, uh, slot him down on that second line with Strom and play Strom on the wing and have him just kind of rotate in and out on who's taking the draw. I, I don't know what you do here, Ron, but Kirby Doc has to wind up in this top six, and I'd say in short order. I'm talking next year. I'm talking, and if it's not next year, it's the year after that. If you're if you're gonna make a run within the Kane and Taves era. You're talking about next year. Utilize the rest of this year to develop him and start doing it quickly. That means playing up on top lines against other top lines. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know. It it was good to see tonight. I want to see that continue. I don't think there's any reason Kirby Doc should get less than 17 minutes night in, night out from here on out. Yeah, play him. You know, I mean, you, you got to play the kid. You want him to be a good player. There's a reason you kept him up. You know, if you just wanted him to, you know, go bum slay kids in the WHL, he could have done that. He could have gone back to the Saskatoon Blades and probably been a 100-point player in the WHL this year. You know, but no, they wanted to grow him in the NHL, and that's fine. But if you're going to do that, play him accordingly so he's developing and actually learning on the job and not being sheltered and babied along because that's truly not going to help. If you were just going to shelter him and baby him, you might as well have just sent him back to Saskatoon. Yeah, and if this team was any good, I'd understand him being on a third line because he'd be playing with probably... Still pretty decent players. Yeah, exactly. But when you've got Nylander and Highmore and Quenville and whoever else is here, it doesn't do any good for him. I even I'll throw Camp in that bucket too, even though he's had a pretty decent year. But just mm-hmm. I don't want to call those guys nobodies, but they're they're not competitive players in the NHL right now. 
They're not guys that are going to move the needle. They're not the type of talent that Kirby Doc is going to be playing against the rest of his career. And I, I'm probably rushing the whole development thing. I'm not. I'm not an NHL head coach. I'm not a deve- like hockey development coach. But from what I've seen other teams do, <laughs> and what I've seen the Hawks do before, th- this seems to be a little extra sheltering. I think you can agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm hoping that now going down the stretch that these last 40 games or so, they're going to just take the training wheels off and we're going to see more of what we saw tonight. More nights of 19 minutes, you know, 18 minutes, like you said, 17 minutes. Um, you know, plenty of power play time, maybe a little bit of shorthanded time if you want to get really creative. Although, you know what? One positive of this team. I saw it tonight when they brought up the, the, the graphic and I almost spit out my water while I was drinking it. This is a top 10 power play right now. And it's weird. We haven't had a top 10 power play since the cup run. You know, and But I'll tell you what, though. you know They have the guys that should be killing penalties. Taze, Smith, Carpenter. Camp like Sod and you know even Shaw when they're healthy like those guys should be killing penalties so I'm totally okay with Kirby Doc never touching the PK that is totally Wait, fine. you got a top ten PK or top ten power play PK okay did I did I say power play I think you I may mean. have you may have or no. if if you didn't that's what I heard it in my brain <laughs> gotcha sorry no 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 PK 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 I think they were ninth I think at eighty two percent right now in the NHL which is absolutely bananas to think about given this team's power or this team's penalty kill last year was 30th in the NHL. Shades, or no, I'm of, sorry, shades of Marcus Kruger and Michael Froelich. Right, exactly. It's it's bananas. So, you know, at least, you know, from that standpoint, I don't ever need to see Kirby Doc on, on the PK, and that's fine. But he played three minutes of power play time tonight. That's something I like to see. So, you know, there's there were some positives, believe it or not, to this absolute garbage fire of a game. But I agree with you, Tony. Overall, this was just another frustrating game to talk about because this feels like Deja vu all over again, and we've had a couple of these, at least 10 of these this year. Yep. Ron, let's put this in the rearview mirror, and let's do it really quickly. Thanks. Let's just yes. hop in the car and hit the gas. Pedal to the metal. We've got Pedal the Ducks. We've got the Ducks on Saturday mm-hmm. at 11.30 coming into the UC. And like you said, Ron, the Ducks, they're not very good. Mm-mm. They're not a good team. Let's not give him anything. Yep. No, agreed. And, you know, I'll, I'll be in attendance Saturday. Very excited about it. The rare Saturday Night Hawks game at the United Center. They don't have many of them every year, and we'll call it all that Jerry Reinsdorf's fault because of his beloved Bulls. But, you know, yeah, exactly. This this Anaheim team is going through an ex- a very similar process right now. Like, they, they, they pretend to try and be competitive, and they just can't be. They need to do a full rebuild. And, they're not, and it's you know. So they're just kind of. It's, it's not in. a good state for California hockey. Just look at the look at the right. Pacific Division standings. You got the Sharks, the Ducks, and the Kings, and none of them have hit twenty wins yet this year. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a bad year for California hockey, and I you know this is a, a game that the Hawks should win. I, something I want to see. I want to see Dylan Sakura back in the lineup on Saturday. I, I think if you're only going to use Matthew Highmore for. What was it again? Seven fifty nine in this game. Yep. Tonight, yeah. Just play Sicker. Honest guy, just play him. He's been good. He's looked good. He he and Patrick Kane have had a little bit of a rapport the last couple games that they've been playing on a line together. Ryan Carpenter's just been able to kind of run around, hit people, go into the 
corner for pucks and and you know be in front of the net and then he lets the the other two do all the work so you know i i want to see that first and foremost coming into this game but yeah they just need to beat this ducks team you know it's a nice late 7 30 start on a saturday you know the building's gonna be a buzzing they you know the hawks just need to come out and play some damn energy i expect robin laner to draw back in the net he's healthy now he was dressed as the backup for this game against nashville that we just discussed I fully expect him to get the start, your goalie of the future for this team, if he actually wants to re-sign with this team. And I pray to God he does because he's so good. But nonetheless, I'm looking I'm looking forward to Blackhawks hockey. I still love the Blackhawks, as you as everybody knows that we still love the Blackhawks. That's why we get so pissed off. Is because we love this team. And we'll forever love this team, even when they do suck. But I think this is a game that they legitimately should get a win. I think the I think the Ducks on paper are a much worse team than Nashville is. I think Nashville on paper is still a good team. I think their problem has been a lot this year goaltending, um, and that's probably why they are where they are in the standings. So this is a team that sh- I, I would say their position in the standings may be a little more true to their roster, if that makes sense. Um, and I, I fully expect the Blackhawks win on a Saturday night as I'm in attendance. Speaking of being in attendance, we forgot to mention, of course, Johnny would be in attendance tonight for a Pecorino goal. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Um, I'm sure he's washed that down with a couple of bush lights already. Um, but 100%. Yeah, uh, it's just, it, let's never talk about Pecorino scoring a goal again. Yes, agreed. This, this I, night never happened. Never yeah. happened. Uh, with that said, Ron, we're running into uh, a little bit of a longer episode here, so we're going to try and speed it up and get out of here. Um, stick to click for the Ducks game on Saturday. Ron, who you got? Yeah, stick to click. I, uh, you know, this is, this is a bit of a tough one. I got two guys in mind, but I think I'm going to stick to my guns here and go with the guy who's truly been, I think, the best forward over the last three games. I'm going to say the rookie keeps rolling on and that'll be Dominic Kubalik. I think he's going to pot another goal, maybe add an assist. Um, I'm predicting maybe a four, one, five, two Hawks win. And I think he, he's accountable for two of those goals in some form or fashion. So I'm going to go with the check winger. Number eight, Dominic Kubalik is my stick to click. Tony, how about you? I like it, Ron. I'm going to go with doc. Um, I, mm. I want to see him continue to get these kind of minutes. Um, you know, four shots tonight, three hits. He was all over, all over the ice did well at the dot. I know that normally those aren't the kind of stats that we're, we're talking about when we look for stick to click, but when you're doing other things, right, normally the goals will follow. So I'm going to go Kirby doc. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, take some positives out of this one, playing some big time NHL minutes, gives mm-hmm. him a little bit of a boost. And he gets on the score sheet, um, on Saturday night. So I'm he going was, Kirby doc. Ron, he was, he was my other guy, actually speaking of, I like that I took him from you then. <laughs> I like that. All right, Ron. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us and where they can find some uh, some awesome Chicago sports news, and we'll close this thing down. Yeah, absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. As always, thank you for listening to this Blackhawks on Tap episode. You can find all of our content over at ONTAP Sports Network. That'll be www.ontapsportsnet.com. That is the best place for all of your literature, podcasting needs, wants, and desires about your favorite Chicago sports teams. We have great Blackhawks coverage as you're listening to some of that right now. We also have great Bears and Sox and Cubs and Bulls coverage as all those teams are kind of, well, except the Cubs because they're not in the new cycle right now. But everybody else is kind of relevant whether they're playing or 
you know, there's news, the Bears news today. There was quite a few new coach, Kyle Fuller going to the Pro Bowl. We got all that covered over here at ONTAP Sportsnet. You can also find a bunch of other Chicago-related sports news as well. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, click in your browser and search www.ontapsportsnet.com. You can also find us on the social medias, that is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at ONTAPSportsnet. The ONTAP Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. I love it, Ron. You, you've you've really perfected that um, that Thank little you. read right there. <laughs> and you know, I, I'm I'm never even going to try and do it just because you know it, you do it so well. So um, thank you for that. And uh, let's crack them one more time. Crack them. And uh, from there, we uh, we're going to close this out how we always do. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks, baby, and crack them.